Welcome to AM Best Audio. In August, Tropical Storm Hillary brought powerful gusts, heavy rains, widespread flooding, and mudslides across parts of the western U.S. and Mexico. Hillary was the first tropical storm to hit Southern California in more than 80 years, and four states, Idaho, Montana, Nevada, and Oregon, recorded their maximum rainfall from a tropical storm or its remnants since 1900. I'm Lori Chortis for Invest Audio, and joining us now to discuss Tropical Storm Hillary and the existing flood protection gap and the growing need for flood insurance is John Dixon. He's the CEO and president of Aon Edge. John, welcome. It's wonderful to speak with you again. Thank you so much for joining us today. Always a pleasure, Lori. Glad to be back. John, what are you currently seeing in terms of flood losses from Hillary? I think the biggest thing that we're seeing is far more people impacted by the flood than are reporting losses. And and, and the reason for that is not enough people in the area that were touched by this, this catastrophic event were carrying critical insurance to help them out in their time of greatest need. So I think what, what we're seeing is just a, another example of the growing insurance gap that we have in this country. What areas were hardest hit by those losses? I think you touched on it in your intro. California, Nevada, all the way up into to Montana. In California, the areas that were, were most largely impacted, we're talking about San Bernardino, San Diego, Los Angeles, Riverside, Ventura counties, uh, were definitely the hardest hit. Uh, some of those areas saw rainfall in a day equivalent to what they would see over the course of a year on average. And so the intense rainfall uh, really touched a number of those Southern California counties in, in, in a catastrophic way. So John, what makes Hillary in today's storms unique and different from what we've seen years ago? Yeah, it's a great question because what we're seeing today is, is quite unlike what guided us you know, years ago, even five, 10 years ago. Uh, the storms such as these, these convective uh, tropical systems were characterized by intense winds and, and intense surges that would push ashore. Uh, but now we're seeing systems that retain energy significantly after they make landfall. And that energy translates into to record rainfall events. Today's rainfall events are unlike anything we've seen in the past. You think about, we just described with, with Hillary, uh, makes landfall uh, in Southern California, the Baja Peninsula, and is touching areas thousands of miles of inland, all the way up into Montana, are experiencing the rainfall from the event. Uh, rewind the clock to just a few years when we had Hurricane Ida, also a, a Category 4 storm, make landfall in Pennsylvania and absolutely devastate Eastern Pennsylvania and, and Southern New Jersey. So today's storms are unique in the fact that the rainfall is unlike anything we've seen in history. How are continuous changing weather patterns leaving an impact on hurricane season year over year? I think the biggest impact is because the the, 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 the geography that's exposed to these events is no longer just a stretch of land, you know, 10, 15 miles from the coast. Um, it, 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 it's stretching our resources. It's requiring us to uh, be better connected as a society to make sure that you know areas that, again, are far inland from from the landfall where where the storm touches ground, uh, 
those areas are also on on high alert. Uh, they're thinking about preparations in advance of the storm, and we're actually thinking about these preparations long before the storms form. Uh, start thinking today about you know, how you can fortify your property against rainfall. Uh, think about uh, measures, you know, as far as as runoff, uh, storm drainage, land use practices, and then think about your your financial protections. You know what, what you've done to to make sure that you have the means to recover if disaster were to strike. Uh, the biggest take from today's weather is that you know, nobody is nobody is protected. Uh, the areas that again that were most exposed to hurricanes have have, have grown exponentially, requiring all of us to to work together to help rebuild our communities and fortify our communities. What other recent trends are you seeing around hurricanes today, particularly around inland and urban flooding? And what implications do they have on disaster preparation and recovery? So, Lori, the, the biggest trends that we're seeing relates to the, the energy that these systems contain. Uh, typically, a storm in, a, in the past, we would, we would monitor storms, they would make landfall, and it would dissipate rather quickly. Uh, make landfall as a hurricane, and become a tropical system and a depression and an extratropical system within a matter of 48 hours. Today, we're seeing storms retain that energy for, for much, much longer. And that allows the storms to impact a, a, a significantly greater geography. Uh, the ability to, to, to hold that energy because of warmer ambient air means that more people are at risk and that the rain that results can be deposited, again, thousands of miles from where the storm struck land. So for, for homeowners, communities, for our, our leaders, we need to start thinking about resilience um, beyond the coast. We need to start thinking about resilience everywhere. And, and resilience starts with how do you, how do you build? How do, you, how, do we, how do we use land? How do, we, how do we create communities that are built to absorb rainfall uh, in, in, record, in record quantities? Homeowners insurance, is that enough to protect from flood damage? And if not, why? See, this is probably one of the greatest myths in in this in, in the realm of flood insurance, uh, and that that myth is, I'm insured. I have a homeowner's policy, and, and and sadly, that myth has left many of our neighbors exposed, and and unfortunately, working through catastrophe with with few resources to to recover and rebuild. The bottom line is that most homeowners policies do not cover floods. And if you want to have protection against a flooding event, you need to secure flood insurance. And you need to at least have that conversation with your insurance professional, your insurance agent, your insurance broker. Uh, simply relying on a homeowner's policy to cover you against any natural catastrophe peril is, is a risk too many people take. And then bad outcomes result uh, when it turns out they didn't have the coverage that they thought they had. It's so important to have these conversations with your insurance professionals today. Uh, you can't have the conversation after the flood occurs, after the ground shakes, after the wildfire runs through your neighborhood. Uh, you need to start talking about this with your insurance partner and insurance uh, advisor today uh, to make sure that you are prepared in the event the disaster strikes. So what other things can homeowners do to protect themselves against flooding? And how can insurers assist them with those safeguards and protection measures? I think it starts with awareness, right? Uh, understanding today's risks, um, looking at, 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 at your exposure through the, the lens of, of today's weather, uh, rather than trying to make decisions based upon experiences that date back you know, 10, 20 years or more. 
yesterday's hurricanes are not today's hurricanes. And so I think, like I said, it starts with awareness, understanding what today's weather means for you and the exposures that you face. With that awareness, you can think about, uh, again, fortifying your home. Uh, is your home up to, to code? Uh, do you have measures in place to uh, protect against wind exposure and wind damage? Uh, do you have drainage around your property to help water divert or move through the property quickly and, and minimizing damage to the, the, the property? Uh, do you have plans in place to recover? Uh, starts with insurance. Do you have the right protections uh, to help you rebuild uh, when disaster does strike? So I think those are the, the, the key pieces to it. Uh, awareness, uh, physical um, property fortification, and, and making sure that you have the right financial protections in place for, for your specific needs. Looking at Hillary and other flooding events that we've seen so far this year, what impact have they had on the National Flood Insurance Program and the private flood insurance market? And how are those events testing private flood insurers? I think it underscores the importance of both programs, um, underscores the importance of flood insurance generally, whether that's sourced through the federal government or sourced through private capital. You know, the private flood insurance program has been growing uh, at, at incredible rate over the last five years. And I expect that to continue as that awareness campaign continues to reach more people, uh, have pe more people think about their specific needs and, and respond by securing flood insurance when maybe they didn't have it previously. These events uh, do test underwriting, do test pricing. Uh, but from our standpoint, uh, global capital markets are, are maybe strained, uh, but they're in a great place today. Uh, we think we see uh, losses being paid. Uh, we see coverage being uh, applied uh, stronger and, and, and stickier than in, in years past. And I, I, I think that the industry is well positioned uh, to respond to the increasing and changing threat that, that weather presents. Uh, but it takes it, it takes a global population to do this. It takes it takes all of these capital markets to work in concert, to work smartly, uh, to work intentionally. Uh, to respond to the, what are increasingly, uh, increasingly devastating and increasingly changing perils. At the beginning of our conversation, you talked about the flood protection gap. Why does that gap still exist in the U.S. today, and what's needed to close the gap? The gap's a byproduct of, 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 of several things. We need to think about insurance gap in the terms of awareness and also how we think about flood zone mapping and flood zone determinations. Too many times we rely on outdated views of risk. Uh, we look at maps from 10, 20 years ago to make decisions on who has to buy insurance and who doesn't. And we use that as the sole deciding point. As, as a community, as, as a society, we need to look at how homes are exposed today uh, to the peril of flood insurance, not how they were exposed yesterday. Um, the flood insurance gap persists, and, and I, I don't see that being closed overnight. Um, but I do see the work that we're doing, again, harnessing the power of data analytics, uh, better models, uh, better capital structures to help people make better decisions with respect to risk today. So, John, what might we see going forward? Any, any final thoughts to share? Say the number one thought that I have is... We need to think about today's risks uh, using today's technology so that we together can make better decisions when it comes to lifestyle, property usage, and how we protect 
uh, what's most important to us. So that is the key. Uh, how do we how do we work together? Uh, capital markets, regulators, land use practitioners, builders, homeowners to make better decisions uh, to better protect us into the future. John, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us and for speaking with us today. Thank you, Lori. That was Aon Edge CEO and President John Dixon. For AMBest Audio, I'm Lori Chortis. Looking to get the attention of the insurance industry? We have the platforms to do just that. Whether it be AM Best TV, AM Best Audio, Best Review Magazine, or Best Day. Find out more by contacting our Advertising Services Business Development Team at 908-882-1706. And have a great day.